Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks a lot for pulling your chair up to my virtual cool kids table, although I guess all of our tables are currently virtual. Uh, I am recording this message on like day three of most people working from home. Uh, I'm recording this on the 18th of March. This podcast will most likely release about eight days from now, so I think like March 26th. And I was just commenting with somebody. I was at a conference a week ago from the day I'm recording this in San Diego at a big conference with a couple hundred people. And you fast forward one week and everybody's sequestered in their homes. They're working from home. Restaurants are closed. Uh, My daughter had a dentist appointment today and she arrived and they had a sign that said, uh, please text us at this number and go sit in your car. We will bring you in from your car when we're ready for your appointment. So uh, this is a crazy world. Everything's changing. I made a joke with today's guests that I hope eight days from now, uh, this is still relevant material. But uh, yesterday I had a cup of coffee actually in a restaurant literally about two hours before our mayor in Austin closed all restaurants. And uh, therefore, I should have taken a picture because it was my last time in a coffee shop uh, probably for a long time. Anyway, uh, I had coffee with my friend Wade Allen. He's actually been on the show before. And we were talking about what companies are facing if they're trying to hire people, whether it's a smaller entrepreneurial venture or it's some large company like an Intel or an HP. Business isn't stopping. We're, we're sending everybody home, which means in some cases, the big companies are having hiring freezes. But in other cases, if you have a, a key position you need to hire for, and we're talking about possibly being in this position for four, eight, 16 weeks, what do you do? How do you even go about thinking about hiring with this pandemic pandemic happening? I mean, people are going to be scrambling left and right to even survive financially and companies are going to be struggling. So and the rules are changing whether we like it or not. And we are in total uncharted territory. So I said, Wade, tomorrow, let's jump on cool things entrepreneurs do and let's discuss what companies need to do to hire critical leadership in this environment. So Wade Allen, welcome back to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Well, I, I, I appreciate you coming on. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about your company? You've been in the, the placement world for, boy, a long, long time. Tell me, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, we just literally finished up our, wrapped up our 25th year at the end of last year. Uh, so what we concentrate on is key executives. We're a retained firm. 
hiring the director level and above, uh, people who are what we call impact leaders, people who can help take a company to the next level. That's what we focused on, and we've got a phenomenal track record where we've never failed to make a placement. So that's an awesome that's that's an awesome track record. If you've never failed to make a placement, that's pretty good. But uh, the world's changed a little bit. All of a sudden, lots of things are happening. So first off, is there an apparent easy answer to this solution of what do you do if you need to hire? I mean, can can a company really wait four months to even start interviewing? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first thing, whether we were in this situation or not. And a lot of companies kind of pass over this and quickly. I mean, yes, it's taken into consideration, but a hiring decision first needs to be a business decision. And obviously, companies aren't in this panic normally. They know that they're either doing good or doing bad, so therefore it's time to hire, uh, even though they probably don't look the numbers as closely. Now in the situation, you still need to be making a business decision. The question is, is can your company, I don't care whether you're small, medium, or large, can your company at this time afford financially? Are you in a cash crunch where, you know, your income, let's just say your supply chain's in China, your income's going to be halted. Are you going to be able to make payroll, much less add another person to the payroll? Uh, you know, again, that's a business decision. Can you afford it? And I think the other part of that business decision is, is well, Are there opportunities during this time period for your particular company? Again, this is not, you know, a cookie cutter. Everyone fits the same mold, but for your company, is there an opportunity for you to actually have growth or perhaps even, you know, one of your main competitors does have financial problems and they have to start laying off and you see some of the top talent in the industry you've dreamed of having. Yeah, do you take the opportunity to get him? I had a friend yesterday who told me he's the, the the director of revenue or the chief revenue officer for a big company. And one of their competitors just shut down operations entirely, not just coronavirus, exactly. but they shut down. And he's in the process of going out and trying to hire all their salespeople as either employees or as contractors right away. In the midst of all of this, he's doing interviews by Skype and Zoom and phone. And he's having people do uh, uh, answer questionnaires by email and stuff because he doesn't want to miss the opportunity while these people are suddenly like, boom, by the way, your company just closed. Oh, and at the same time, there's nothing out there. He wants to ride in as sort of that that knight on a horse, get these people employed. However, he's got to do it in this environment. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the exact same kind of scenario that, that, you know, whether you already had a position in mind that you needed, you're fixing to expand your marketing team, you're fixing to hire a chief revenue officer, you know, you already have that. Or again, you have the opportunity where there's just the right kind of talent available that, and you actually have the financial capability to make it because, you know, guess what? We are going to survive, but not every company is going to survive. Uh, and some of them are going to hit worse. Obviously, you look at the restaurant industry. Uh, that's going to be hit probably worse than anyone. So I'm thinking about this because I know you work with a lot of large companies, but I also know you work with a lot of sort of entrepreneurial uh, technology companies because we both live in Austin, Texas. So what's the difference in this between those small and medium sized businesses versus sort of those brand name enterprise companies? Well, you know, again, it gets back to the financial stability of the company. You take a company like Apple. Apple is going to be hurt in un, you know, un, unknown billion dollar probably type of effect or more 
but guess what? They have billions in the bank. They're not fixing to go out of business, but yet they're going to get hurt. Their stock price is going to go down because that's the effect of what's going on in today's economy. We're seeing the stock market, you know, crash for everyone. Uh, they're not worried about going out of business. Uh, same thing happens whether you're small, medium, or large. If you have the financial capabilities, like you talked about your friend, where you can go out and hire those people, you're going to come out great because a lot of times it is the difficult times is the best time to actually expand, put your plans in place, and come out strong at the other end because your comp- competition can't do what you're doing. So I was on a call with a guy. Uh, he wrote the Transparency Sale. His name's Todd Capone. He's one of the smartest salespeople I know. And uh, we were on a call. He was doing like a special training for some speakers uh, who are all small business people. I, I host a group called My Sales Call, which uh, is for solopreneurs to, to, we don't have sales managers when you work all by yourself. And so I host a call to kind of help people stay focused. And as a friend of mine, Todd came on and did a little, you know, 45 minute training. And one of the things he had in his slide deck was all the companies that either were founded or soared to prominence during economic hard times over the past hundred years. And it's some major names that we all know were either founded or really took their growth during recessions. No, I I 100% agree on that. It it is the companies who realize that you have to do things differently. And there are things that, you know, yes, the best thing, all textbook is, you know, you plan ahead. If you're already planning ahead, then you're going to ride this particular storm a lot better. But guess what? You still need to plan, even though it may be too late to plan ahead. And you're going to find out in some of that planning, there's some things that you should be doing that's going to make you more efficient. And again, the world has changed. People are working from home. And guess what? The world is going to change. We're going to figure out how can we make things more efficient than what we've been running. And so, you know, companies going to have to have to change. They don't have a choice. So one of the things I've done recently this year is I, I've very early started to learn to play chess. And the reality is, is that I took that up because I think, you know, everybody says it's a great strategy game. The one thing about chess players is you learn to think, how does this move affect me two, three, four moves later? And the great chess players are always looking two, three and four levels ahead, much like many of the entrepreneurs who I interview on this show. And they talk about how they grew their business. I'm always asking them, how did you see that? That was most people would just go from A to B. You went from A to F like right away. And I think that that is a a key thing to success so you know if i uh if i go from chess to cards and i think of the old song by kenny rogers you know you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them what's the strategy for companies to know if it's time to make a move or if it's time to to circle the wagons well again you're you're looking back at that business decision of where are we how are we affected what can we do what we do different is this time for us to just literally hunker down to try to survive, or can we get advantageous during this time period? I mean, companies are going to look at this. Some of them are going to look at opportunities to purge people, uh, you know, whether it be C players or whatever. Uh, but again, don't just do that blindly shedding people. The question is, is, is there a real business reason? I think everything has to get back to, are you making business decisions? Or are you just cutting costs? Because cutting costs, affects everyone in the company mentally, but if you can justify and be an open candidate with with your employees, you find out they're a heck of a lot more understanding even though everyone's going through the same turmoil and hurt together. 
So I have a question. Unlike when we had the great crash in 08 and 09, where there was, you know, this economic stability that was caused by the economy itself, sort of. In this case, with the virus going on, is it going to be harder for companies to make those types of layoffs that maybe we've seen in other, you know, early stages of recessions where companies might say, well, I'm going to pair back even a small company. I worked for a company with 100 people. And in 2009, they let 50 people go in one day. Now, it was the right move. The company survived and, and, and thrived. But they could do that because that was like a smart business decision. And nobody really faulted companies for doing that in 08 and 09. But in the matter of this, where it's, I mean, this is different because this is coming from the outside. Yeah, there's there's governmental mayors and, and, and governors and, and the White House and stuff being in charge with some of this mandate of what we have to do. But it's also something that's bigger than all of us. And are companies going to be looked at a little differently if they start trying to save money on the human capital? You know, there's, again, looking at hindsight's a whole lot easier than, than trying to you know, predict the futures. But- I think companies really need to figure out how to maintain what they have. But again, it gets back to, I hate to, I hate to say it again, but you know, if your finances aren't going to let you survive, you've got to do kind of like what you're talking about and get rid of what you can to survive. But I think holding on to your people, trying to survive, trying to get ready, trying to figure out how to be more efficient and try to be ready so that you can grow and take market share and gain on the other side because we are going to come out of this. The question is, is is this a six weeks or is this two or three or four months? Uh, and, you know, what can you do about it? You know, again, like we talked about earlier, there's not a lot of things that most restaurants can do, but there are restaurants who did not do takeout. Guess what? They're, They're doing, doing takeout. takeout. <laughs> yeah. A absolutely. So the creativity is going to be a big piece for a lot of these companies. Exactly. So creativity is the right word. So Wade, there's so much more to talk about in this area. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Wade Allen. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Wade, let's say that the company is not hemorrhaging money. They're they're set up well. They're they're not a restaurant, so they're not being directly impacted by this. I mean, I think everybody's going to be impacted, but obviously some industries less than others. And let's say that they do have a few key hires they need to make, and and that this progresses for a while. Well, I mean, think about it. These campuses that these companies have, or even if you're a small business just on you know suite 5B of a small building, uh, everybody's working from home. And we're asking people not to come out into public. Uh, how in the world do we do the hiring process? Well, again, what we just talked about a second ago, and I think that's really the, the answer across the board is creativity of the company survive, but creativity of how do you do the, the, the hiring process? You know, a lot of companies, when you're talking the bigger companies, they've got their rigid process. You got to go step one, step two, step three, step four. Well, guess what? The world's changed, either adjust or fall behind. And so I don't care whether you're a big company or small company. The question is, is how do you adjust, 
figure out the creative ways to make those things happen. So there are going to be companies like Zoom who are making, you know, tons of new clients. Whole companies are buying corporate contracts so that every, their, every one of their employees, not just the salespeople who've been using it, but every one of the employees can actually be talking, quote, unquote, face to face, even though they're at home. And so have those interviews, do those. And yes, I would say for most executive level jobs at some point in time, you'd still need to have a physical face to face. But guess what? You can do 90% of the work and more than likely you should, you know, on most occasions have already pretty much made the decision. If you've done 90% of the work, when you're bringing them in, it's literally coming down and letting them see what you really have and don't have. And they get to, you know, essentially semi-touch you since we can't touch each other in today's world. Shake yeah, hands, but elbow bumps. See you. Elbow bumps, no handshakes. <laughs> yes, they can. They can elbow bump. But I mean, literally, there is a piece of that that physical world that we really like, especially at the executive level, because one of the most important things when you're hiring someone, you know, at management, is that fit to culture and chemistry. And yes, you can get a whole lot of that, you know, on you know video conferencing. But they're just that, that extra couple of pieces that really tie it off. You need to be in person to be able to talk to them. But again, you can eliminate that down to just a couple of people. And, and what's interesting is that last meeting often involved like, hey, we're going to go out to uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and, and, <laughs> and socially sit around and, and have a glass of wine. You might have to actually do that in your home or something. If you're looking to hire somebody, you might if you want to have that social aspect, you might actually have to have you, your vice president and the potential hiree sitting around your kitchen table. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I really do believe that at that point in time when you've got the uh, done those interviews, like I said, been creative, talk to them via, you know, online, again, face to face, still being able to see people uh, that it literally is a time where you're actually coming and they've already made decisions, you've already made decisions. And frankly, it's not a matter of, hey, go home and we'll send you a contract in a couple of days. At that point in time, you should be at a point where you'd be able to say, here is the contract, let's consummate it and move forward. And maybe take their temperature at the front door when my when my doctor when my daughter went to the dentist and they they had everybody sit in the car until the dentist texted you uh, at the front door they met you with a, a a thermometer on your head and before they let you into the dentist's office they took your temperature which I thought was uh, was an interesting an interesting way to do it but I guess we have to take extra precautions. Absolutely, I, I saw a clip yesterday of a uh, of a daughter wanted to tell her grandfather she got engaged. And he was in isolation, so she actually went around to the outside window and was showing him the ring. <laughs> it was, again, pretty, pretty cool because they, they actually got it from each other. Nice. But, uh, it was nice. Nice. That's very nice. Well, you know, as I, I shared on, on the previous episode that I recorded, uh, you know, one of the things my, my daughter was supposed to get married in eight weeks and her venue called and said, we will not be open in eight weeks. So they've spent 16 months planning an entire wedding and now they're back to the drawing board because they don't want to wait a year and they were going to get married on, at a ski resort and getting married there doesn't make sense in August. And so they're actually looking for a whole new city, a whole new destination, uh, probably going to do it at her in-laws house. And it's going to be an entirely different wedding than they spent uh, the last 16 months imagining. Uh, but it's still going to be beautiful and nice but we just have to you know I was very proud of my daughter she said well this is the world we live in I have to adjust and make some changes and while it wasn't what I planned you know we're still going to move forward maybe six months later but we're going to do it yep we had a uh, my wife's um, 
sister's oldest son was supposed to get married next weekend in California. We were supposed to fly out and their venue yesterday emailed them and said they're shutting down too. Yep. Exact same thing. So Wade, your company, I've been around you several times. I've known you for a long, long time. Your company always talks about TLC. And of course, we all think tender, loving care. That's so nice. But the way your company looks at TLC, it's talent, leadership, and culture. How does that fit in right now with the craziness going on? Well, you know, again, kind of like we talked about earlier, you know, things need to be business decisions. Well, guess what? Hiring the, the, the current epidemic doesn't change what you need in your company. Matter of fact, if anything, you need even stronger leadership because leadership is, is one of the things that's going to take you to the next level and being able to, you know, drive a culture where the team is going to rally together, even though they're all separated in their own homes, that team has got to be able to rally together. So building a culture where, they actually can grow even though they're not physically touching each other. Well, I just did a, a video interview with a friend of mine named Jessica Pettit, and I posted it on my LinkedIn. If anybody wants to find it, you can go find it on my LinkedIn or, or some of my other social media or my YouTube channel. And we called it company culture, working from home and social tightening because we have this whole thing of social distancing. But the problem is, is that that's going to mess with company culture because we're so used to good and bad relationships. I mean, Becky might be a pain to work with, but you have a daily face to face cubicle to cubicle relationship with her. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're stepping back. So we have to actually take efforts. We have to be intentional in making sure we're keeping the social fabric of our culture alive. And how does that work when you're adding people to your culture? I mean, how, how can someone join the team when the team is remote? I mean, have you given thought to that? Yeah, well, there is no question. It was kind of like my, my talk earlier about, you know, bringing someone in for that final interview. Uh, guess what? There is a piece of that that is very, very critical and, you know, again, we're going to find out, you know, over the next couple of weeks of, hey, can people have some one-on-ones as long as they keep, quote, that distance from each other? But guess what? That person coming into you know, a key leader position needs to come in. They need to have one-on-one conversations with all the different people. They need to be learning. And frankly, a lot of that learning, even though it's nice to be physically there together, a lot of that learning is one-on-one, which guess what? Can be done over that screen face-to-face and you know, get the same type of information. It's just, guess what? It's called adjusting. And we're going to find out after this, you know, pandemic, you know, kind of ends, but it's not ending next week. It's not probably not ending next month. We're probably going to have some of the social distancing for months. So therefore, things are going to have to change. So guess what? You either adjust, get back to that word you talked about earlier, be create creative, or you're going to fail. And so do the same thing. You had to be creative to hire them. Now let's be creative. How do you get them integrated into the company? So I would assume for a company that already has a great culture, they're going to be able to survive all of this craziness much easier than companies that are a little dysfunctional. And let's face it, you've worked with companies that are dysfunctional. I've worked in companies that are dysfunctional. What do companies, if, if you're the entrepreneur, if you're the, the CEO, if somehow you're in that leadership tier and you know that you've just been ignoring, because let's face it, you know when you have a bad culture and you just ignore it because you don't want to face it. But if you know 
you've got some some chinks in the armor and you're looking at adding people, you're trying to survive. What advice do you have for the leaders in times like this? I tell you, you know, again, the reason we talk about TLC is you the great companies excel in these things. These become the stabilizing factor for companies, which allow them to come out great because they're stabilized in those areas. If you realize you're not stabilizing an area, guess what a good leader needs to do? They need to figure out how to stabilize and make that change. Now, you're right, not gonna be easy. You know, if you have a horrible culture right now and now you're all separated, but the question is, is how can you literally get creative, adjust, and try to figure out ways you can make that change happen. Now, I know in a lot of entrepreneurial companies, when it comes time to add somebody, they try to cut out using an executive search firm because they think, oh, that's just going to cost me money. We'll just we'll just put it out on Twitter and see if anyone shows up. Do you think it's more important in this climate that if you do need to make a hire, that you reach out to you or, or it doesn't have to be you, but you or someone in your space of, uh, of executive search? Do you think it's more important in this situation than ever? Well, you know, I, I think there are some added reasons for that. I think think you're correct. I mean, yes, it's, it does sound self-promoting to a degree, but I mean. Well, I was saying look, you or one of your competitors. Right, I mean, right, right. You well, can't no, do them all. For the industry. Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's no question, though, that you're relying on doing things differently and someone who is actually extremely good in search knows how to do that remotely already because most of our work is done remotely. Mm -hmm. We're not flying out and meeting with most of these people. So, you know, our job is already in the remote world. We already know how to do this. We've already learned that. That's why we're recommending particular, you know, candidates to a company. So, you know, one of the benefits that you get is you have that analysis up front helping you get to this time period where, frankly, 99% 99% of the companies are going to feel uncomfortable hiring right now because of the fact that it doesn't fit the model that they've drawn out. And, you know, are they thinking outside the box? So what's the last piece of advice you would give to someone who's listening, who is, who is facing this situation? They're like, shit, shoot, we were ready to hire. And now, <laughs> and now the world has collapsed. What advice, what would be the last couple of pieces of advice you'd share? Well, I, I, again, I think the very first thing is make sure you're stabilizing the company, make sure that your people that you already have, which you know are your most important asset, that they are feeling comfortable. Again, whether you have that great culture or not, you need to make sure that you're keeping them together and being able to move forward. As far as for hiring, you know, again, especially if there's an opportunity for growth and you need someone who's got a key aspect for doing that, then frankly, this is the time to hire that person or multiple people because the current rules have all been thrown out. Let's make the new rules and make it happen. Awesome. So Wade, thank you for coming on the show and and, and sharing all of this. I just want to kind of recap sort of some things that uh, I want to share with the audience here because I think this is a really important topic. And the first thing is that there's really no quick answer to this, right? There's there's no there's no fast solution. And secondly, I think every company out there has to do their own analysis and figure out where they sit 
you know, are they are they looking to grow? Is this the right time? And then they need to understand if it's a really solid opportunity, they probably should get a partner who can help them do it, who, who is used to handling these types of situation. And then remember that there is technology out there that can help you do it. You don't have to fly everybody in. You can do a lot of it through uh, video conferencing. And then for that last little bit, maybe you have, uh, you know, a bottle of wine and some cheese over your kitchen table. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, th- I think these are things that, great leaders are going to have to think a lot about the next couple of months, don't you? Absolutely. Leadership is going to be the key in this time. It really is from your you know, you know, initial first level manager all the way up to the CEO. Leadership is what's going to help keep companies together or literally help them fall apart. <laughs> Again, whether, whether they have the financial stability or not, the leadership at this point in time is critical to step up are they gonna have some real, real tough times? Well, wait, if somebody's listening to this and they think, yep, I gotta have a conversation with this Wade Allen guy, how do they find you? Well, you can give us a call. Uh, our, our number is 512-219-6000, extension 101 is, is my extension. Uh, I think we, you and I have talked about this before. A lot of times we don't answer the phone anymore with all the spam, so leave us a message, but I'll also give you my email address. It's W-A-L-L-E-N at C-E-N-D-E-A dot com. Give me a call, reference this conversation with Tom, and and let's move forward. That's awesome. And I'll make sure I put a link to their website also on the page on my site where this interview took place. But you can also find them at Cindia, C-E-N-D-E-A dot com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Wade. And thanks to everybody who tuned in and listened. I got to tell you, these are crazy times. I'm trying to do as many different interviews uh, as I can with people who can help entrepreneurs get through this time. If you like the show, please tell your friends, uh, you know, and have them join our little cool things entrepreneurs do community. I think as we go through these turbulent times, it's going to be entrepreneurship that's going to help us all get out. So get out there, flex your entrepreneurial muscles. We're going to need them during this future months that are coming. Make sure that your own ladder is again the right career wall. Make sure you're climbing the correct ladder at the right time. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.